Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. It's good to have the victory, isn't it? Amen, amen. Go with me in your Bible to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, always. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I I think the, the reason the Spirit of God inspired him to say it again was because he knew we needed to hear it again. Amen. It's not always the... Uh, the natural response to everything that happens in life, the natural response is not to rejoice. But he said rejoice regardless. Rejoice in every situation. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. There is something powerful about maintaining a joyful, praise, uh, worshipful attitude and response in life. Amen? Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let it cover every situation. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. To all men, the Lord is at hand. Well, if he was at hand then, he's surely at hand right now. Amen. I tell you, the Lord is at hand. His coming is at hand. His return is drawing near. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, all, all of my life, I've just kind of had this idea, my, you know, my, my uh, spiritual life in the Lord. I've always had this idea, and you've even heard me say it. I, I don't really know that it's necessarily true, though. But I've always thought, you know, we're just going to be going about our ordinary business one day. You know, just an ordinary day, get up, you know. Uh, where is Mark Bauer? Where did you go? There you go. When you said it's a good thing to, to be a guy, I didn't know what you meant. I thought, did you not shower? I mean, what, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, I just thought, you know, one of these days when Jesus returns, it's going to be an ordinary day where he's going to get up like we normally do, you know, go through our morning ritual, you know, go to work, go, you know, whatever we do, and we'll just be, you know, just minding our own business, and we'll hear the quick blast of something we'll immediately recognize, and we'll be out of here. I was in Randy Greer's meeting not long ago, and he said that he believes, and I don't know if this is true or not, I think he just, he just, this is just what he thinks, but it's interesting. He said, I believe that as we uh, get closer and closer to the return of the Lord, we're going to know it. Not necessarily the day, but there's going to be a sense that we're drawing closer, I mean imminent, and he said that that revival that is spreading in the church and when the outpouring of the Spirit is at its, is at its fullest depth and flow, he said, we're just going to be all caught up in the glory of God, doing the Lord's work, ministering to people, uh, experiencing the, the, uh, the different uh, operations of the Spirit's leading and His empowering and His grace in our lives. We're just going to be caught up in the glory of the Lord and we're going to sense we're getting closer and closer and closer. It's not going to come as, as so much as a big surprise to us. I like that idea better. Amen, that makes sense to me. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but the Lord is at hand. Glory to God, he's coming back, amen. He said, be, now notice in connection with the Lord being at hand, in connection with his coming, be anxious for nothing. The Amplified Bible says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. I was doing a word study one time on, on this passage, and when it says be anxious for nothing, literally, it literally, it's very emphatic. That word nothing is very, it's written in a very emphatic way in the original uh, language, and really what it says is do not be anxious, not even for one thing, not even for one thing. Don't be anxious, not even for one thing. Well, those are, those are words to live by. Amen. That, I mean, that, that corrects me. Amen. We need correction from the Word of God. I mean, the, the things of this life sometimes start gnawing away at you, you know, and you get, uh, you know, just uh, uh, caught up with things, and it can cause you to be a little anxious. 
We're living in a world right now where there are a lot of things in the natural to be anxious about. Amen. Uh, world events, things that are, that are happening, we can see that the world is growing darker and darker, that the enemy is working uh, overtime, that uh, the lawlessness and, and corruption of humanity without Christ, people are growing darker, the restraints are becoming less and less. And, uh, you know, just this past week with what happened in, in Paris, you know, it, the whole world is talking about uh, again and, and in a fresh way, you know, the, the threat of terrorism, that we have to be vigilant, we have to be watchful, and we do need to be vigilant, and we need to be watchful as a people, as a nation, as citizens, but we cannot become anxious. He said, do not be anxious, not even about terrorism, not even about ISIS, not even about anything. Do not be anxious, amen. Well, you know, how, how do we live and maintain this in the perilous times that the Bible said would come and are here? Remember Paul in 2 Timothy, he said that, uh, he said, you need to know that in the last days, perilous times will come. And the margin of my Bible there, that's in 2 Timothy uh, 3, 1. In my, in the margin of my Bible says times of stress. He said, you need to know that in the last days, stressful times will come. But how many of you know there can be stressful times and us not partake of the stress? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We don't have to be governed by this world. This world can be falling apart, but we don't fall apart. This world can be shaking and trembling in fear, wringing its hands, not knowing what to do. We're not in fear and trembling. We're not wringing our hands. We know exactly what to do. And this word right here tells us exactly what to do, to live in the overcoming life. It says that, that Jesus always leads us in triumph. He always leads us in triumph. Amen. Well, how, how on a practical Level just on you know nuts and bolts you know uh, type of of uh, of uh, uh, description. How do you live this way in in such an upside down world where it seems like uh, you know day after day you know we don't go very many days before we hear something else that's gone on in the world that's just so tragic that's just so alarming that that has you know such consequences for so many people. How do you maintain? your spiritual balance, and, and, and so forth. Well, number one, I have three principles here tonight that I want to cover. Of course, one of them's got five points, but uh, <laughs> and the other one's got three. Uh, number one, develop. I want you to understand what I mean. Deve say develop. Develop a sensitivity to the Spirit's leading. Go over to Romans chapter 8. Amen. Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verse number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led. Other translations say all those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God's, sons of God. God, we have, you can say it this way, God's people have a unique way of being led. It's not like anything the world experiences. The world cannot get in on, nor do they know how to relate to or respond to or understand how we as Christians are led by the Spirit. Or you can say it this way. God deals with us in a unique way, a way that's unique to us. All those who are led by the Spirit of God, all of them are the children of God. So God is, is, uh, is making himself known. He is dealing with us, working with us, leading us, uh, caring for us in a, in a unique way, a way that is special and particular to us. Well, if that's true, we know it is, we ought to know more about it. We ought to be very, very proficient in it. Isn't that right? Uh, so develop, first of all, develop a sensitivity to the Spirit's leading. It's so important today to be led by the Spirit and to be sensitive to Him when He gives direction. Now, 
being led of the Spirit is not the same as paranoia. It's not, being led of the Spirit is not, is not constantly looking over your back and over your saying, Lord, you know, do I? You know, we, we, we fly and, and uh, we know that airplanes are a threat, you know, to, I mean, are a, 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 a tool that, that uh, people would like to use. I don't spend a lot of time praying about flying because I know that if there's something going to happen on an airplane, I'll know not to get on it. The Lord will deal with me about it. See, I have a, I have a, a working contract, a working relationship with the Lord. If he doesn't say something to me about something, then I know there's nothing that needs to be said. I, like I said, it's not, it's, being led of the Spirit is not living a paranoid life where you're always looking around, Lord, what should I do? Where should I go? That, that's, not, that's not being led of the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that we don't uh, inquire of the Lord because this is one of my points tonight that we do. But I'm talking about we don't go through life fearful, wondering, always questioning the Lord. Lord, is it going to be okay? Can, you know, is it okay if I go here? Is it okay if is anything going to happen to me? That's not what I'm talking about. Developing a sensitivity to the Spirit is developing the, the confidence through experience that if the Lord has something to say to you, you will recognize it. That's the, that's the sensitivity I'm talking about. You, you, you know by experience because you learn to, to, to recognize those things. You learn to yield to them and cooperate with them. You, you get to the place where you just know that if there's something that the Spirit of God's saying or wanting to get across to you, you'll pick it up. Amen. Uh, so develop a sensitive sensitivity to the Spirit's leading. I've got, and this is not by any means a, an exhaustive list, but these are just things that I think are very important. Number one, how do you develop a sensitivity to the Spirit? Well, first of all, you have to develop your own spirit. You know, John the Baptist was born. You know, uh, it said that he grew as physically but he also grew in spirit. He grew strong in spirit. The Bible says the same thing about Jesus, the young child Jesus, as he grew up, you know, as a little boy and into a, into a, 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 a preteen and into his, into his adult life. It says he, he grew strong in spirit. That's a process. I said, that's a process. He grew strong in spirit. Well, if you can be strong in spirit, you can be weak in spirit. And if being strong in spirit was automatic, you wouldn't grow into it. He grew strong in spirit. Well, uh, in order to be sensitive, in order to develop, to develop a sensitivity to the spirit's leading, you have to develop your own inward man. Your spirit, our spirits can be developed. Just as much as our physical bodies can be developed, we can exercise our, our uh, physically and we can develop the, the physical man just like the, the soulish realm can be developed by study and by uh, applying uh, mental processes and powers you can sharpen yourself up uh, just in the same way the spirit man can be sharpened up we can, we can be stronger we can be sharper number one five ways number one by meditating Feeding on the word of God. Jesus said, and he quoted from the Old Testament when he was there, you know, being tempted during those 40 days and, and uh, so forth. He said that, uh, uh, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Remember the devil offered him, you know, to turn this stone into, into bread. Jesus said, no, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God's word is spirit food. God, the, I'm talking about this right here. The word that, that is contained right here in the pages of our Bible is spiritual. It is literal food. Our spirit man feeds on it. Just like in the natural, you can't expect to be strong physically if you don't feed yourself physically. 
When you, we, when you go, we didn't have that problem out in California. They fed us, oh my goodness. Whew, boy. We came home, we said, oh no, this is not good. And then we're going into Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, you know, when you're in a hotel room, you don't have access to, to your daily routine. It's easy just to, you know, kind of uh, go out to where you have to go out to eat, but then also just snack, you know. And, uh, uh, but, you know, when you're not feeding yourself, when you're not eating, you grow weaker. Isn't that right? And you, you know that uh, you're not up to your best when you're weak. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're not eating, you grow weaker. That's not the time to run a marathon or one of these other crazy things these young people do, these savage things. I don't <laughs> what do they call it? The savage race? There's some other names to it. You don't do that whenever you, you, you don't go, you don't not eat for three or four days and then go into one of those. Isn't that right? Well, why would we, why would we uh, go into this life with our spirit unfed, malnourished, weak? Doesn't make sense, does it? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And so take time to feed on the word of God. Take time. Some people like to read a certain amount of scripture every day. Other people like to, some people are more prone to praying than reading their Bible. Some people are more prone to reading their Bible than to praying. Well, we need both. I really think the best approach is just to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. You might get up one morning, you know, in, in intending to, to read a little bit and pray a little while. And then you, as you start reading, the Spirit of God starts talking to you. Revelation knowledge starts coming. He starts talking to you out of the Spirit. Well, don't just say, well, you know, that, that, that was my 20 minutes. Now I've got to pray for 20 minutes. No, if the Spirit's working with you in the Word, just stay there. Just stay there. And if you don't get time to, to spend a, you know, a dedicated time of prayer that morning, that's okay. The Spirit was leading you. Amen. And the same thing can be true where the Word of God is concerned and praying is concerned. If, if, you, if you, you know, get up and you're going to read the Bible, but just somehow you just have a stir. You just, want to, you just want to talk to the Lord. You just want to minister to the Lord. You just want to pray and talk things out. Well, follow that. Amen. The Spirit will bring balance in these things. We need both. We need both, but we cannot neglect either. Cannot neglect the word of God. We need both, but we cannot neglect e either. And so make sure that you make time for not just reading the Bible, but meditating. What does it mean to meditate? Does it mean to, you know, to sit with your legs you know, crossed in a you know, strange uh, you know, Eastern note? That's not what it's talking about. The word meditate in the Bible, in the Old Testament, talks about meditation. It, the, the Hebrew word that's translate to, translated meditate means to mutter. means to mutter. Take the word of God and just read it slowly, thoughtfully. Let it get down on the inside of you. Ponder what it, uh, what it means. Ponder what it means. Say it to yourself. The entrance of God's word gives light. And there's a lot of different ways it can enter into you. You can, you can get entrance from, uh, of God's word into you by reading it. You can get entrance into God's word by hearing it. But I tell you what, you need all of it. You, it's not enough to come to church and hear preaching or teaching. That's not enough. There are a lot of people who attend churches like ours that are, that, uh, are strong word churches, you know, churches that put a great emphasis on the word. There are a lot of people that attend churches like ours and, and they're excited about the word, they talk about the word, and they don't read it from Sunday to Wednesday or from Wednesday to Sunday. They don't read it. They don't crack their Bible. They don't ever look at it. That's not enough. That's as wonderful as my teaching is. I mean, as top drawer as it is, it's not enough. It's not enough. Amen. We need that ongoing daily feeding on the word of God. Because whether you, whether you, spiritual things are not like physical things. When physical things happen, you always know it. Because feeling 
is the voice of your physical body. Your body, if there's something going on in your body, you feel it. If you feed yourself, you feel better. If you don't feed yourself, you feel bad. Spiritual things are not discerned the same way. And it's, it's only whenever you're strong in spirit that you know the difference. I said it's only when you're strong in spirit that you know the difference. When you're not strong in spirit, you often aren't aware of it. There, there are some telltale signs, but it's not like you, you feel weak spiritually. It's not a feeling. And so you have to believe the Bible. You have to agree with God's word. You have to agree with Jesus. You have to agree with the scriptures that his words are spirit and they are life, that they feed the inner man. And you have to feed it. And, and, and sometimes you'll, you'll spend time reading the Bible. And I know not all the time, not every time, do you necessarily feel led to do either. Sometimes you don't feel led to, to pray or read your Bible or, or go to church or even smile at anybody. You don't, you don't feel led. And so you can spend 30 minutes reading in your Bible and you have to constantly uh, discipline your mind to come back and pay attention to what you're reading because you've read this so many times, you know, you just kind of, before you know it, you're kind of glazing, grazing, you know, it's kind of just sliding over the surface. You have to come back. I've done that sometimes and read the same verse over and over. I get three or four verses and say, what in the world did I just read? I no, go back. This is where I last remember thinking about what I read. So I'm going to start right back here and pick it up. How many of you have ever done that? Sure you have, Yeah. That's not, that's not unusual. You have to discipline yourself. But even in times like that, when it doesn't seem like the word is doing anything, it is. It is. Hiding, the psalmist said, I, I'll hide your, my word, your word in my heart so that I'll not sin against you, so that I'll not transgress, so that, or you could say it this way, so that I'll always know and do right. I heard it in Bible school, and I don't remember who it was, uh, who said it, I could, I, I could think for a few minutes and, and remember, I'm sure. But somebody said, if you'll put the word of God in you when you don't need it, the Holy Spirit will be able to pull it out of you when you do need it. The reason a lot of times there's nothing coming out in a time of crisis when the enemy just suddenly raises up and pops you right on the jaw and, and you're kind of stunned and, and you're kind of searching for an answer, there's nothing there, you haven't put anything in. I said, you haven't put anything in. But when you put something in on a regular basis, it'll be there and, you're, and, you'll, and you'll be surprised sometimes just how strong your spirit man is. Oh, I tell you what, in times like that, the, the enemy trying to rise up against me and suddenly my spirit man rise up. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. I know better than this. This is not according to the covenant. I know what belongs to me and just start putting him on the run right now. That happens as a result of being diligent to feed ourselves when we don't think it's doing any good. Amen. Anybody can get excited when the Spirit's bringing heavy revelation. Amen. But when he's not, he's, it's still working. Amen. Feed. Meditate on the Word of God. Feed your spirit. Uh, number two to developing uh, yourself spiritually, being strong in spirit, by, do it by looking to the Word first in every situation. Looking to the Word first. Before you just jump into action, when something comes up, before you just respond uh, the way people typically respond or even what would seem like the right response, check with the word first. Inquire, what does the Bible say about this? You know, there was a king uh, in the Old Testament, one of, of uh, Israel's kings, his name was Asa, and he had a, a long reign. Uh, he did right. He was he he's, he, he was a, a good king in a lot of in a lot of ways. Did a lot of good things. But it said in his old age that he began he became diseased in his feet, and in, it says he did not seek the Lord. He sought the physician's advice, and he did not seek the Lord. And it happened in uh, like the, I don't know, the 30, 39th year of his reign. And two years later, he died. And he shouldn't have died. 
And, and the inference is strong, though it doesn't actually say it. It strongly infers that he died because he didn't seek the Lord. He sought. Now, is there anything wrong with going to doctors? No, there's not. But before you go to the doctor, what does the Lord say? See, too many Christians uh, seek the Lord last. After everything, they've tried everything and everything fails. And how many times you've heard the expression, well, all we can do now is pray. Oh, well, or, well, we're just going to have to believe God now. Well, no, <laughs> we need to believe God right at the beginning. Isn't that right? It says that, that King Asa, in his old age, after he had done the will of the Lord, after he had been successful, after he had been pleasing to the Lord, it says that he, it, it would seem that he got sloppy. It would seem that in his old age, after having some success, he started depending upon himself. Amen. We never become so uh, spiritual, we never become so mature in the Lord, we never uh, have so many great experiences with the Lord that we don't remain humble before God and say, God, I, I, what do you say? I've, even though I've done this 25 times and I know how it works and I know what to do, what do you say? Amen. Put the Lord first, put the word first, seek direction from the word of God First in every situation. Number three, practicing the word. Go with me over to James chapter one. So if you'll feed on the word and look to the word, it'll be a lot easier than to put the word into action. James chapter one, verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You want to, you, you want to see your soul saved? Somebody said, well, I, my soul was saved in 1942. Well, uh, this, this, is, this is talking about the saving of your soul as something that happens today. And it says the word is able to save your soul. So that means then that your soul still needs to be saved. Our spirits are born again. You are a spirit man. You are a spirit creature. Your spirit is born again one time. And But uh, the, the psalmist said it like this, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. That's what. That's how this is used here. The restoring of your soul, the keeping of your soul, the making whole. He said, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of, of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save or restore your soul. Receive it with meekness. What does that mean? Receive it with, receive it with be teachable. Be humble. To be meek before God isn't to be weak. It's to be humble. And that's, a, and that's a strong characteristic. Humility and meekness before God is a strength. He said receive it with meekness. Yeah, but I've heard that before. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I've heard you preach that before. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to read that again. I, 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 I've read that scripture so many times, but the Spirit of God keeps leading you back to it. Receive it with meekness. Be willing to say, Lord, I know that there is depth, there is, there is feeding, there is substance, there is life in this passage, in this reading that I've never even touched before. Sometimes we think we know so much. Sometimes we think we have really got it, boy. I mean, we under, we've got a handle on this faith stuff. We've got a handle on this Holy Spirit stuff. We have a, we, oh, we just, we, we know about revival. We are where it's at. Pride comes before destruction. A haughty spirit before 
A fall? Yeah, yeah. He said, receive with meekness, teachableness, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Notice, receiving it will not save your soul. Receiving it will make it able to save your soul. Did you hear me? Receiving the word will not restore your soul. Receiving the word will make it able. It obviously can't do anything for you if you're not receiving it. If you're not taking it in, if you're not letting it be implanted in you, it can't do anything. But even though it's implanted in you, that doesn't automatically make it prevail. It makes it ready to prevail. It makes it where it can restore your soul. Well, how does that happen? But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word. Not hearers only. I, I think there are a whole lot of Christians who are hearers only. Must be possible. Must be a problem. Must be something that we should consciously uh, avoid being a hearer only. He said, don't be a hearer only. What happens? Deceiving yourselves. There are a lot of people that are, are self-deceived because they think they know so much, but they're not acting on what they know. They're not putting it into practice. It goes sort of like this. Oh, yes, I, I know about the love walk. I, I, you know, I know, I know all about that. But, you know, right now, I, I, you know, so-and-so, I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind because they deserve it. Yeah, but they've done such and such to me, and so I am going to straighten this out with them. Deceived. So a lot of people believe in the love walk for the other guy. A lot of people believe in the love walk in theory. Oh, we believe it. We, we like to sing songs about it. We like to read books about it. But there's this case over here that we're going to handle differently. <laughs> Amen. There's a whole lot of people that say they believe the word. Oh, I believe the whole Bible. I believe the New Testament. Everything God says is true. And I, I'm, a, I'm a word guy, I, a woman, I believe in acting on the word of God. But I don't come to church on Sunday night. I just don't do it. It's just not something we do. And Wednesday, forget about it. I know none of you are like that, see. But we can all think of somebody like that. Oh, yeah, I, I know the Bible said, I, I believe that scripture. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I believe that, but this Sunday, I got to go fishing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So a lot of people believe. Oh, yes, I believe it's God's will to prosper me. Oh, I just believe in it. Give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Ooh, I believe in that, in that giving stuff. Spirit said, put an extra hundred in there. No, no. I rebuke that. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It's one thing to hear it. And hearing it, people say, see, a lot of people think, well, I, I, I know what a forgetful hearer is. That's someone that just hears it and it just doesn't make any difference. No, that's not all that's involved in a forgetful hearer. A forgetful hearer are also people that hear it and are excited about it. Whoo, receive the word with gladness. Yeah, just all just all joyful about it. Agree with it. Just like you're doing now. Just like you're doing. Shaking your head. That's right. Yeah. But then when the, the opportunity comes to put it into practice, mm, it's like, it's like uh, 
the scriptures on submission, you know. Wives, submit to your own husbands in the Lord. So a lot of people believe in that. A lot, of, a lot of women believe in that. Except when their husband's wrong. Well, if he was right, you wouldn't have to submit. Because you'd just be going that way anyway. Agreement is not submission. There's a lot of people believe in submitting to their pastor as long as, they, if, as long as he's right. In other words, as long as they agree with him. Oh, pastor, I'm in submission. I just, I'm just in submission. No, you're not. Not until you're tried. <laughs> not until you're given, not, not until a better option presents itself. Hello. Glory to God. Well, amen. A lot of people believe in praying for, for, for those in authority. They just don't do it. Do a lot of griping. Don't do any praying. Boy. Number three. Practice the word. You don't have to go to this. I've already given you this point. Practice the word. This is 1.3. Practice the word. Put it into practice. What did he say? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Yeah, but this is real. Go, go back over there. James chapter, I mean uh, Philippians chapter 4. Do not fret, the Amplified says, verse 6, or have any anxiety about anything. The Greek says not even one thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, but in everything. Now, now the implication is in everything that would tend to be anxious. In everything that would tend to cause you unrest. See, do not be fretful or anxious, but in any such thing, you could read it that way, in anything like that, that would cause you to be fretful or anxious or upset, in that, by prayer and supplication, sometimes it takes more than a quick prayer. I said sometimes it, makes, it takes more than a quick prayer, but we live in a, in a quick society. We want it right now. We want it, to, you know, we were out in California, they have in and out burgers, and uh, Angela went there, to eat. the, the Dufresnes love it. So they were out there last time, and I think, did you go with her? Y'all went to an In-N-Out burger. She didn't care for it. I don't know, did you? Did you like it? She liked it. And uh, Morgan and them liked it, but Angela said she didn't like it because she said, what was it? You got a hamburger and you wanted mayonnaise. I said, we don't do mayonnaise. We don't do mayonnaise. We don't offer mayonnaise. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that's a get-out burger. I'm getting out of there. But, but my point was it's called in and out. It, you know, they, you come in, get served, get out. Everybody, that's the way everybody wants everything in life. We want to be able to get it quick, on the run, grab it. Well, the things of God just can't be accessed that way all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. In everything, by prayer and supplication, serious praying. What is supplication? Heartfelt, earnest Fervent prayer. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let your requests be made known to God. 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 Well, if you don't think he's listening, though, you'll tell somebody else about it. When we were in Bible school, we always knew the, the people around us, the students around us who didn't have anything to eat or were out of money because, you know, they tell you. And here's how they tell you. You know, it, it's okay to just talk uh, with people and just say, how you doing? I'm doing good. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to super spiritualize everything. 
But you could always find these people that when we were students, students, how are you doing? I want you to know my God supplies all my needs. I have all my needs met. I have an abundance in my storehouse. My cabinets are full of food. My wallet is full of money. My carpet, you knew right then they didn't get have anything in the mail that week. You knew right then that they were hungry and so they're trying, but they want to let you know about it without sounding like they were bellyaching about it. <laughs> yeah. My wife said somebody come to her one time and said, The Lord told me that you were going to give me X amount of dollars or, or buy my groceries. The Lord told me that you were going to buy my groceries. Angela said, Isn't that funny? He didn't tell me that. <laughs> I mean, it seems like if I'm going to be the one buying the groceries, he'd have told me. There, there, there are always people in any church body who want to live off of everybody else. They want to live off everybody else's prayers. They want to live off everybody else's faith. They want to live off of everybody else's resources. Come on now, I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this a few years. They want everybody to know when they don't have enough money for the women's conference or whatever you call it, the wow retreat. They want everybody to know that they, but they don't have enough money and they'd love to go, but, but they're just, I guess I'm just not going to be able to go this time because I don't have any money. Well, what have you been doing all year? What have you been doing with your money all year? Because we see what you're doing with your money sometimes. Boy, it got quiet. Everybody was laughing a minute ago. Well, I don't have money. I can't go to the, I'd love to go to the, to the WOW retreat, but, you know, I just, I'm not going to be able to go. Anybody heard that? Not going to be able to go. Make your checks payable to me. <laughs> Let your request be made known to God. If you want to live by faith, have faith in God, not faith in everything except God. Amen. Some people would, would be, will, are, are perfectly happy to let somebody else pay all their way, pay their way to, 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 to uh, the WOW retreat, pay their kids' ways to camp year after year after year after year. They're always letting somebody know, well, if I had the money. But we see them all during the year. Well, what do other people do? They, if they budget for it. If it's important, you'll budget for it. And you can cut out a, a few of those trips to the In-N-Out Burger. A few less trips to the In-N-Out Burger and you'd have that money for the retreat. But it's easier to let your request be made known to the church. Well, come on. What, Paul, what did Paul say? What did, what did Paul say? What did he say about that? You don't work, you don't eat. He said, let, let the collections be for, done for those who are widows who have no children. They have children, let the kids take care of them. And don't let the church be charged. Did he say that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're just you're just mean. Well, you know. Keep thinking that. Hallelujah. But then again, put the word first. Let the word speak to you. Well, glory. See, I'm not going to get through with this. Praying in the spirit. By praying in the spirit. If I pray in the spirit, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, my spirit prays. For if I pray in, a, in the spirit, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. That's what trips people up. Too many people want to hold on to the understanding. That's why people don't do more praying in other tongues. It's because their mind can't get involved. We, we, we think we have to figure everything out up here. Work it all out. Work all the details out. If I pray in, 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 in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. If I pray in the spirit, I edify myself. I build myself up. We're talking about being strong in spirit. How to be strong in spirit. Put the word. Act on the word. Put it first. Go to it first. Put it into you and plant it. But then pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is, 
is like lifting weights in the natural. It's, it builds you up. Putting the word in you feeds you, but you still have to exercise your faith by acting on it, but also praying in the spirit builds you up. It builds up the, it doesn't build up the outward man. It doesn't do anything for the outward man. And it doesn't do anything for the soulish man. The mind, the will, the emotion doesn't do anything. And that's why a lot of people don't have any time for it. It doesn't seem to do anything. I, I came to prayer for two weeks on Monday night. And I prayed in the spirit. Didn't feel anything. Everybody else seemed to feel something. But I wasn't feeling anything. Didn't come back. It's a spiritual thing. You, you can't judge it by your feelings. I, I've, I've had some of the most amazing things happen in my life after spending time praying in the Spirit that I knew was a direct result that that, that inward man was so charged up when something rose up. I knew it was a result. I had been praying about that, but I didn't know it until it came up. Until that situation arose, I had no idea that that was in me, that I had built myself up that way, except that I know the Bible. But as far as feeling like I was getting built up, I didn't feel edified. Edification is not a feeling. Somebody ought to write a song about that, make a good country song. Edification is not a feeling. Edification is not a feeling. You can't feel I don't feel very edified. Well, you're not supposed to feel edified. You can't feel edified. What does that even mean? Well, I didn't feel anything. Praying in the Spirit will build you up when you don't feel anything. Hallelujah. Building yourselves up. Jude chapter, uh, uh, verse chapter, only chapter, verse 20, 21. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building yourselves up. Will, will this have an impact? Will this have something to do with your ability to be sensitive to the Spirit? When he's absolutely. The stronger you are, the more, you, the more able you are to discern the leadings, the promptings of the Spirit. And the weaker you are spiritually, the, 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 the more... Uh, deprived you are of the word you haven't been spending time in the word you haven't been practicing the word you don't consider it first you consider everything else first it's no, it's no, it's no wonder that folks like that don't perceive the spirit's leading now I know one reason people will say I don't know I, the Holy Ghost is always talking to so and so he don't ever talk to me and yeah, I never said well a lot of that is they just don't they've never been taught to discern it it, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he doesn't speak up here or out there. He speaks in here. He, he, Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will speak. He's a, he's a talker. He's a communicator. But it's down in here. Well, I just don't want, I don't want to, I don't, you know, what if that's the devil? Well, if it's coming from in here, it couldn't be the devil. He's not in there. If you're born again, there's no devil in there. A Christian cannot have a demon or a devil in here. I'm talking about in his inward man. Now, you can, a, a Christian can have a, uh, an evil spirit in his flesh, like some, some kind of a spirit oppressing a person in their flesh. They have a spirit of deafness or, you know, uh, some other kind of a physical ailment that's in, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, caused by an evil spirit present in their body. But in their spirit, in their born-again spirit, Holy Ghost is not, is not roommates with the devil. He lives in there and he's not, he's not taking partnership with the devil. The devil's not on the inside. So if something is, if a prompting is coming from in here, it could be the devil. He's not in there. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to hurry up here. Praying in the Spirit, and this leads me to the next one, and this I'll at least cover first point. Instantly obey that inward witness. Learn to instantly obey that inward witness or that inward voice. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. The Holy Spirit will talk to you. 
The voice of your own spirit is the Holy Spirit talking to you. The voice of your spirit is the Spirit of God talking to you. Get in the habit of just obeying it. In just in little things. Just in little things. Now, again, let me go back to, to, to what I first said. Being led of the Spirit is not paranoia. It's not being tormented. I don't know what to do. Should I, should I go down? There's two ways to get to work. Should I go this way today? Should I go that way? I don't know. I think I'll turn around. I think I went the wrong way. I'll go back the other. The Lord's not happy with me. I think I, wish I missed God. I've got to go back the other way to work. It's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is sometimes you'll start to do some little insignificant something and you'll just have a check. Don't do that. Stop right then. Stop right then. Nobody has to know about it. You, you're not gonna, you don't tell your coworkers, I don't think the Lord wants me to do this today. They're going to think you're crazy and, and they'd be right. Just instead, just in, in your own privately, in your own heart, just don't do that. Well, it's, it's break time. Everybody takes a 15-minute break. Everybody goes down to the break room. Everybody sits there and watches, you know, the TV for 15 minutes. You start to go down there and just something inside said, don't go down there today. Stay here at your desk a few minutes. Just some, don't, don't make a big fanfare about it. Lord told me to stay at my desk today. No. Just be quiet and just do that. Learn to obey those promptings. Learn to obey instantly. And you will, by doing that, you will begin to discern. You'll begin to see the difference. Will you miss it occasionally? Yeah. But because you didn't broadcast to everybody, nobody knows it but you. Amen. But what will happen is you'll start developing a, a track record, sort of. You, you'll begin to do it. Yeah. I, now I know. See, now I know why the Lord wanted me to, to stay here today. Somebody walked by crying and you were able to say hey come here a minute what's wrong with you yeah you know this has happened at home that's happened what if you'd have been in the break room you'd have missed that opportunity God's not giving us stupid leadings he's not just yanking us around go here don't go there no but he will he will give direction in the small details of life because he has something he wants to do just learn to, do, to yield to that and, and if you yield to it, nothing happened, well, just make a note of that. Begin to, to begin to learn. Well, praise the Lord. That's what I do. Amen. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.